0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Go real quickly, if you will, to 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to go back into the book of Acts. We're studying, out of Hebrews chapter 6, the baptisms, plural, that are unique to this dispensation of time in which we live. We know and studied the first baptism, which is the most important, which is baptism into the body of Christ, being born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again or you won't have any idea what the kingdom of God is all about. Amen? Listen, it is vitally important that people be born again. Amen? Because once you get born again, you become a whole new person. You're not a fixed up, you're not a... You know, I I love when people... uh, uh, they take old cars, you know, and fix them up real cool, real. That, that's 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 really neat. But you know, you're not a you're not a restoration. You're a rescue. Amen. 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 I mean, people. A lot of people have what they call rescue dogs now. That's what we are. We're rescue dogs. God rescued us out of hell. Amen. Thank God He did. But He did it for everybody. He did it for everybody. There's no reason why anybody should have to live in fear of death or hell when Jesus bore it for us, amen? Then all the other benefits that belong to us by the knowledge of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. But now I wanted to go here to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because we are studying the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Now anytime you study the baptism in the Holy Ghost, you have to couple it with the evidence that that, that shows people have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, which when people are baptized in the Holy Ghost, they speak with other tongues. That is the evidence. We'll show you that in just a moment. But many of you came from denominational backgrounds. Many of you have had teaching. And I'm very amazed. I I don't know. I guess uh, from my own own, uh, lack of knowledge and ignorance of many of the denominations and what they teach and how they teach it growing up, you know, in a revival, in a move of God, in a move of the Holy Ghost, where there was a great emphasis put on the move of the Spirit and the Word of God. Amen. So I really didn't know there was anything else out there. Of course, we had relatives and loved ones and friends that would go to, go to uh, particular churches of particular denominations. And I remember when my mom and dad first were baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, it alarmed a lot of people. They were alarmed. They were afraid for them. They were afraid for them. You say, now why is that? Because most denominations teach that that's not even relevant to the New Covenant. Most denominations will teach actually in their seminaries, their Bible schools. They'll tell you uh, there is no power of God. There is no, you know, there is no healing power upon the earth. And definitely you want to stay away from those people that talk in tongues. Those tongue-talking people, they're all crazy. That's what they'll tell you. But now if you think about revival and the move of God in the earth since the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, did you know every denomination that's upon the earth today started with a move of the Holy Ghost where people were baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues? The Lutherans, the Methodists, the Baptists, all of them, all of them, without exception. God always births thing in fire and power. That's how he birthed. People know it's God because of the tangibility of it. There's the there's the physical, uh, God explodes into the realm of the physical. I, I remember when we first went to Ireland in 1988, what was happening predominantly, especially those first two years, the first two years of our of our missions work there, people were being filled with the Holy Ghost in mass. We had several meetings, and where there were over two to three hundred people. That I mean, you clap your hands like that, and they're all filled with the Holy Ghost. We got up, you know, and taught on it and gave people instruction. But listen, God was just filling people, filling people, filling people with the Holy Ghost, and it's amazing how some of those people that spiritual life took hold in them, and they're still living for God today by the power of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But now, a scripture reference, because I did a little study, and I did it a while back because I've ministered to people before who, who, who the knowledge they had, had of the Holy Ghost was not correct. Remember, there are in Acts 19. We'll look at it in a minute where Paul went into Ephesus and he found 12 people that were baptized under John's baptism. Did you know their heart was right, but their doctrine wasn't? Did you know people's heart can be right and their doctrine can be messed up? But there's a portion of Scripture here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that you need to see because all of the basis for the denominations of the world, quote, Christian denominations of the world, that believe that God is powerless, there is no power. Now, when I say God is powerless, that means through His people upon the earth. You know, it's like this. They believe God has power, but they have no idea how He uses it. They believe that God has power, but they believe somehow it's in His own sovereign will that it was released. But listen, that that release took place over 2,000 years ago and His power is here now. There's no less power upon the earth than there was at the day of Pentecost. Actually, there's no less power upon the earth than there was in the day when Jesus walked the earth because He left that same power in the body of Christ, that same authority in the body of Christ. So the same way Jesus ministered on the earth, the church should be ministering on the earth today because we are Jesus on the earth basically is what we are. But this one portion of Scripture has been used to tear up more doctrine and to cause more people to go into error when it comes uh, to what the Word of God says. So we're just going to read it in the King James because basically that's how it's been studied and misinterpreted. Now, we're not going to interpret it. We're going to read it at face value. What does it say? Not how do we interpret it. What does it say? Now, listen to the Scripture. 1 Corinthians 13. Go to to verse 8. It says, love or charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether they be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. Now notice this, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part Shall be done away. Now let me ask you a question: Has that which is perfect come? Yeah, it came the first time, Jesus. But this is talking about when He comes again. Why would they talk about the first coming when that had already taken place? But then now, if you look at the if you're if you're a good, how many teachers do we have in here? Raise your hand if you're a teacher. We got one, two, three. uh, Well, at least three. So they can help us uh, uh, grammatically. And if you look at it and you use the laws of the English language grammatically, notice this. It says, love never faileth, but whether they be prophecies, notice this, they shall. What is shall? That's future tense. Did you see that? That's a future tense statement. It says it's going to happen. You say, what's going to happen? Prophecies are going to fail. Actually, a better translation is this. Prophecies will be fulfilled. They will be fulfilled. Amen. And once they've been fulfilled... They're fulfilled, amen. Now notice this. It says, uh, uh, they shall fail, and whether there be tongues, they shall cease. But did you know tongues hadn't ceased? We hadn't got to that shall yet. I said, we hadn't got to that shall yet. Now notice this. It says, uh, they shall cease, for we know in part. And we prophesy in part. Now, here's the real key to it. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. Well, listen, church, we don't have perfect knowledge. We don't have, we don't, listen, we don't have perfect understanding. We, don't, we, we all struggle with the Word of God and we believe God for revelation knowledge to come into our heart. But we're still living in the pre-shall days. You say, what do you mean? Well, there's a day that's going to come when tongues are going to cease, prophecies are going to be fulfilled, when that which is perfect is come, then all that which is in part. See, everything we have right now is in part. You have a partial measure. I have a partial measure. We all have partial measures of the Spirit of God on the inside of us. Jesus had a full measure, but when we come together with all of our different parcels or parts of that Spirit, then we bring a full measure together into the body of Christ. Amen. So this is not a scripture saying, hey, that's all done away with. Tongues are done away with. See, it says it in 1 Corinthians 13. No, it doesn't. That's not saying that it's done away with. It's saying that it shall be done away with. Now, another argument against the power of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Ghost was this. Well, that first generation of Christians were given the demonstration of the Spirit of God to establish the church in their day and hour. Then what have we been given? Nothing? I like what Pastor John Osteen said years ago. He said, there's no way the devil's gotten stronger and God's gotten weaker. But if you listen to a lot of doctrine of the denominations, they preach God's gotten weaker and the devil's gotten stronger. Well, that's no way true whatsoever at all. The devil is defeated and Jesus is Lord and we have the same power and authority that Jesus Christ himself has and we're the ones that's supposed to be exercising it upon the earth. And i got good news. Prophecy has not been done away with. Tongues has not been done away with. The gifts of the Spirit are still in operation. The power of God is still in operation. And if you understand that, then you understand that a lot of those doctrines are just false doctrines. And it's amazing how people through pride and fear will guard their false doctrines. When the best thing to do is just let them go if they're false. How do you know if they're false? They don't work. Amen. Amen. They don't work. There's no relevance to them and they bring other people into your ignorance. Well, let's not do that. Let's teach the Word of God line upon line, precept upon precept. We're not trying to spin this or give an interpretation. The Bible says they shall pass away. They shall pass away. They shall be done away with when? When that which is perfect is come. Because see, you got to understand something. When that which is perfect is come, we're going to be perfected. We're perfected now in the Spirit. But in our bodies? And in our minds, amen, that same anointing that caused our spirit to be recreated will go right through our bodies and into our minds. And you'll be surprised on that day how glorified you're going to be. And you're literally going to be a supernatural being upon the earth at a time in which the earth is going to have a thousand years of peace and righteousness. You know, I'm amazed. I said this to Leah the other day because we saw some, some commercial of, a, of a, some movie that was coming or something. But, but, like a lot of these movies, have you noticed a lot of these movies, they're depicting supernatural beings? Supermen, superwomen, people with gifts and powers. What do you think that is? Everybody say, get ready. Everybody say, get ready. Now, go back to Acts chapter 1. Is everybody clear on that? Do you see that in the Word? It's very plain. Go back to Acts chapter 1. Now let's, Acts is the template for the the church. Let's be plain about that. Let's be clear about that. Now I know there are a lot of good churches, a lot of good people, a lot of people that love God. But if you want to know what a church should look like, you're going to have to go to the book of Acts. Now all the great revivals and moves of God around the world, ever since Jesus died and rose from the dead, They've all been spiritual in origin. You say, what do you mean? Man's never come up with a philosophy from the Word of God or that the Word of God... And Say, I've got this great message, great philosophy, and everybody just kind of gather around and listen to it for two or three years, night after night after night. That's never happened. You say, why? People get bored real quick, no matter how glorious your message may be. So there has to be that demonstration. Every revival, every time God has shooken the earth with a revival or an outpouring of His Spirit, it has been tangible. You say, what do you mean? People have been saved, healed, filled with the Holy Ghost, and delivered by the power of God. God has proven Himself faithful to His Word. Through what? Not just proclamation, but also demonstration. Now just think about this for a moment. If all we had was a message, we'd be no different than any other religion. The Buddhists have a message. The, 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 the Hari Krishnas, they have a message. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the Muslims, they have a message. They have, but there's no demonstration to their message. I've never heard anybody get up and say, I'm going to tell you, I, had, I was diagnosed with uh, phase 4 lung cancer, and I'm telling you, I went down to the mosque, and an emon prayed over me, and next thing you know, I was healed by the power of Muhammad. I've never heard that. I've never heard anybody say, our marriage was down and out and we were in the divorce court. But I tell you, we went and sat under the teachings of Buddha. And afterward, our marriage was healed and we've been so happy ever since. That's never I've never heard that. You say, why? There is no demonstration to the religious philosophies of this world, including Christianity, when it turns into a philosophy. You say, what is a philosophy? That which comes from the head and not from the heart. The Bible t- shows us over and over that it's the carnal man that is God's enemy. <laughs> enemy. And if you think your little peanut brain is going to understand everything you get into in the spirit realm, it ain't. It's not going to happen. It will, it will blow your mind what God has in store in this word for you. When you make a decision, I'm going to open my spirit man up. I'm going to be saved. I'm going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be water baptized. And I'm going I'm to enter into everything that God has. It's amazing how God can enlighten you. It's amazing the great moves of God. We see the independent church movement. We see the charismatic movement. We see the word of faith movement. We see all these movements, these healing power of God. These are the rivers that Jesus talked about in John chapter 7. But remember what he said at the end of John chapter 7, this spoke he of the Holy Spirit, which had not yet been given, for he had not yet been glorified, but Jesus has been glorified. And every time the Spirit of God moves in demonstration and power, it glorifies Jesus. Now we saw Acts chapter 1. Let's just review just for a second. Jesus commanded, being assembled with them together, commanded them. Amen. Now he was commanding who? He was commanding his church that they go tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father which saith he John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Then we know verse 8 says, You shall receive power, dunamis, dunamis, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Galveston, Galveston County, and everywhere else in the world we go. How? By the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Then Acts chapter 2, I don't know. I know that they elected another apostle and they did it. I heard people just tear that scripture up in Acts chapter 1 about when they elected, who was it, Matthias, that they elected to be the, uh, the next apostle. I, well, that's not legitimate. That, that's funny. God put it all in the Bible. I believe it was illegitimate. If it was illegitimate, God wouldn't have put it in the Bible. Amen. But then after that was all settled and everything, there they were in the upper room, tearing, waiting for the Lord. Then the Bible says, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the place they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they appeared unto them cloven tongues as as like as a fire, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. See, there's the element of the they there. The they is what they did. There's something that the Holy Ghost did, and there's something they did. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, what happened was is the Holy Ghost showed up in the the form of a great sound. I like what one preacher said. It said it sounded like a 747 airplane landing in downtown Jerusalem. (laughs) Amen? Then he filled the house. Then he filled the believers. Then there appeared unto them cloven. Everybody say cloven. See, a lot of people don't understand the significance of the cloven tongues, but that's a twofold working of the gift of tongues, just like there's a twofold working as Jesus talks about in John chapter 14, saying that the Spirit will be with you, will be in you, and will be upon you. Twofold working of the Spirit, twofold working of tongues. Tongues, first of all, is the manifestation or the evidence that you have entered into the Spirit of God in baptismal measure, not salvation measure. Amen. Baptismal measure, which is what? The Spirit of God that comes upon, not that abides. So the Holy Ghost fills the house, fills the people appears in two different ways when it comes to tongues. You say, what are those two different ways? Number one, the first initial language you begin to speak. When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Then there is the gift of tongues as talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That is something unique in which the Spirit of God moves through people to give out a message in tongues, a message in which they have not learned in a language in which they do not know. And with that many times will come an interpretation, not a translation but an interpretation according to the faith of the individual that is the interpreter or has the gift of interpretation. Now, there are times when it works without interpretation. People say, tongues? Working without interpretation? My aunt and uncle ministered for many years. We're ministering a meeting somewhere, somewhere in Arizona, I think the story was told to me. And, and, and they worked together in tongues and interpretation of tongues. Uh, My Aunt Sharon would give out messages in tongues. My Uncle Dan would interpret. Now they got up, a particular meeting, he got up in the pulpit to teach the Word. She indicated by the raising of her hand that there was a message. She had a message in another language, something stirring in her spirit that she felt she needed to give out. She spoke in several different uh, 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 phrases, you know, several different sentences, sentences in an unknown tongue. Looked up to my Uncle Dan for the interpretation. He had nothing. He had nothing. I mean, when it's God, it's God. You can't make it up. Amen? And so they just, well, praise God. Then we'll just go on with the service. Maybe we missed it. We don't know what's going on. We just trust God. And so they went on, preached the service. At the end of the service, a man walked up, said he wanted to be saved. They prayed the sinner's prayer with him. Then they asked him, you know, I mean, then then he asked how did, you, how did you learn, and he named a particular language from the Middle East, how did you learn this language? And both of them standing there, my aunt and uncle said, we didn't, we don't know that language. He said, well, you called me by my name and you called me by the name that my mother calls me by, a nickname, and you said to me that this was the day of salvation that the light was shining brighter for me than it ever would be and that I needed at the end of the service to go down there and give my heart to Jesus. Said it all to him. He was a man in the military who was training uh, to fly airplanes in some Middle Eastern country and God called him out of the audience by his name through a, through a message into Now, see, we've heard of that several times then. So you can't limit that which God desires to do. But we see the Holy Ghost doing what? Filling the house, coming in like a sound, filling the people, appearing as cloven tongues like a fire. Then it says, and they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is the problem that a lot of people, especially church people or denominational people have. A lot of people will say this, well, I have the Holy Ghost, but I don't speak in tongues. Well, that's true if you're born again. You do have the Holy Ghost. He's abiding on the inside of you. But you've not received this New Testament baptismal measure of the Holy Ghost, which empowers you to speak in a language that you have not learned. Now, see, what we try to do is we try to figure this out with our brains when you cannot do it. When actually the explanations that we give are really pretty simple in understanding the most unruly member of your physical makeup is your tongue. The pastor in the the Bible, James, Jesus' half-brother, amen, they share the same mother, not the same father, he declared in the book of James, in the book that the Holy Ghost inspired him to write, the tongue is an animal. It's an uncontrollable fire. If you don't believe that, just turn yours loose. The tongue was designed... It was designed to connect to your intellect so that when you thought something, you had the ability to assimilate that thought into speech and then communicate it to someone else so that they could hear it and understand exactly what you were thinking. You communicate thoughts through conversation, through through words that you speak. But did you know your tongue has an incredible disconnect ability? A lot of people are like that. It does. Has your tongue ever disconnected from your mind and hooked, it, hooked up to your anger and you said something that later you thought, I wish I would have never said that. Yeah. I mean, it can be hooked to your fear, your disappointment, your agitation, or you can hook it to other substances. That's just the whiskey talking. You're right. You've hooked your tongue to a bottle of Jameson, that's the place I went to, not when I was wild and crazy. I, I went and toured the Jameson Whiskey Factory when I was in Ireland, which, which is three stories deep. I guess they're digging to hell is what they're doing with their money. I don't know. <laughs> I could tell by those people sitting at that bar, they give, you free, three, they give you four free shots of Jameson whiskey. Did you know what four shots of Jameson whiskey will do to you? Well, I watched people drinking and watched them walking out, you know. But you can hook your tongue to the cocaine, to the pot, to the weed, to whatever, and it'll do your talking for you. That top person's talking crazy. I wonder what their tongue is hooked to. Amen. But God, through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, produces a physical miracle He does it in the unseen by taking your tongue and disconnecting it from your intellect or the tequila or the the anger or whatever it is and hooks it to your spirit man on the inside where the Holy Ghost is. And that Holy Ghost, all of a sudden, that baptismal measure comes where? Upon you and you yield. What do you yield? Everything you yield to speak your native tongue, you must yield to speak in tongues. And then a lot of people they listen to us pray and they hear and we've been doing this all these years and and praying and have, have developed praying in the Holy Ghost pray. and then some somebody comes in and just gets a couple of a couple of words you know I remember one, one story Brother Austin used to tell about a about a uh, 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 I think it was a Lutheran priest or something and and somebody tried to get him to to. Uh, you know, tried to pray him through to the baptism. The Holy Ghost kept telling him, you know, say Shandai, just, just say Shandai, just say Shandai, and just say Shandai." This was to- this was this story was told told after the fact or after it happened. And so uh, he got he got that that priest got kind of frustrated. I'm not gonna say Shandai, What are you? Got? You're out of your mind. So he ended up at a full gospel business meeting with Brother Osteen telling the story about how a Baptist preacher got baptized and the Holy Ghost spoke with other tongues. And Brother Osteen said the Holy Ghost flooded in there and people begin to speak in tongues so this man was sitting up on the platform with him so he thought he had the Holy Ghost already he said he, he looked at him said help me come pray with these guys so they, so they can get the Holy Ghost he said that guy got up out of his chair took one stand put up his hands and went Shonda <laughs> and the Holy Ghost just started flowing out of him sometimes you just need a good Shonda to get you going you know what was it that Brother Osteen got? He got us otolio, Which means in Greek, he's, he found out what it meant. In Greek, it means your search is over. He said, I guess that was the end of my search for the Holy Ghost. But you know, he, that's the only two words he got. And you know what he did? He went and checked into a hotel room. And he started going, otolio, 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 to all of a sudden he got that flow of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. I see, he said, First thing I did was call up an Assembly of God pastor. He said, He called him up. He called him up, Brother uh, uh, McClinahan, that used to, over on the, on the North Loop, used to pastor over there. He picked up the phone, and on the other end was a Baptist pastor going, Sheikah Bahasa Bahasa. And he said, uh, John, I hear you got what you were looking for, hung the phone up. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost, for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All these wonderful things that we enjoy. Things like uh, uh, our church and Lakewood Church and all these other churches that, that enjoy the moves of God. The uh, Christian television. Listen, there'd be no Christian television without people that had faith and were filled with the Holy Ghost to the point they could hear from God to do what God said to do, be led by the Spirit. That's how all of this stuff is, has happened in our day and hour. And the devil's tried to do everything he can do to just press that down. Oh, those people are crazy. They handle snakes. They drink strychnine. They do this. They do that. No, they don't. Amen? So here we have this initial outpouring, this initial infilling. Now, that's where we left off last week. How's my time? Good. It's only (laughs) (laughs) 9.13. What are you laughing at? Now, Acts chapter 2, look here in. Uh, look at ver- Let's just read just for a second. Verse 16. But this is that. Everybody say, this is that. Now, look, if God puts this is that in the Bible, did you know this is that? I've heard, I literally heard God say, well, that, that really ain't what it was. Yes, it is. It says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. There's no lies in your Bible now there's people that have told lies but God doesn't mean that's the truth it shall come to pass in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh your sons and daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions your old men shall see dreams on my servants handmaidens will I pour out of those days my spirit saith the Lord and they shall prophesy speak to the edification exhortation and comfort of the church I will show wonders in the heaven above signs in the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood now notice this before or that great and notable day of the Lord shall come. We're living in that day. I said we're living in that day. Oh my goodness. And it shall come to pass. Now notice this. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You men of hear these words. Then he begins to preach on Jesus of Nazareth and him being delivered by the determined for counsel of God and whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death. David speaks about him. uh Let me get to the scripture I want to read here. And then it says this, verse 37, 32. This Jesus, now notice, this Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father... The promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which you now see and hear. Everybody say, see See. and hear. Now, those are what? Senses. Something of God. Now, listen to this. We take this so for granted, church. That's why it's so good to, to get new people in and get them saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and see the fascination in their eyes when this spiritual phenomenon comes upon them and they actually begin to speak in a language and they realize it's a language they do not know intellectually. And all of a the sudden they realize this this event, this, this experience is real. It's real. I said it's real. And then they begin to realize it's an experience, but I have to turn it into a lifestyle. Led by the Spirit. Protected by the Spirit. Informed by the Spirit in the Word of God. Empowered by the Spirit with gifts and anointings. Everything that God has given us to be what? To be supernatural people in a supernatural world. Listen, the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, working of miracles... Gifts of healing, special faith, tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy, nine gifts, should not just work in the church. They should work in our lives. Work in our lives. I mean, down to the most simplest things where you think God wouldn't care anything about that. I've had words of knowledge that have helped me put shotguns back together. Who cared about that? Nobody but me. And God, who cares about me? Amen. Amen. Everybody likes to come and eat my gumbo. I cook it usually at, uh, at around uh, uh, fall harvest time. I probably should cook some for the church sometime. I think we've done it a few times, men's meetings, stuff like that. But anyway, I remember watching Leah's mother, Momo, as we called her, fix gumbo. And then I ate it, and I thought, well, this ain't gumbo that I've ever eaten. This is actually good. <laughs> And so I was like, so I watched her several times. So I came home, I told her, I'm going to make gumbo. I'm going to make some gumbo. It was a fall in the year, I had going to make duck gumbo. I said, if it's no good, we'll go out to eat. We went out to eat. <laughs> then I did it a second time. And we went out to eat. <laughs> the third time, we had invited some people from the church over, the church we would went to. And I prayed and I said, Lord, you know how to fix gumbo. So I went in my prayer room and prayed in the Holy Ghost for an hour. And I went in and the Spirit of God showed me exactly how to cook gumbo. I'm telling you, it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. You say, why couldn't you believe it? It was beyond my faith. See, God does exceedingly abundantly above all you. Listen, if everything God did in our lives was limited to our faith, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Sure, He responds to our faith, but He still does a lot of things just because He's a merciful God and loves us. And He wants your life so seasoned by the Holy Ghost that I tell you, everywhere you go, everything you do, you're being led by the Spirit of God in things. And in so doing that, you're protected, blessed, and kept by the Spirit of God. But now notice again, let me read the Scripture again. This is so powerful. I think we, we, we take this for granted that we know it. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted. Now... Just that phrase right there ought to give you a great opportunity to shout and glorify God. You say, why? Every time somebody speaks in tongues or is filled with the Holy Ghost, it is proof that Jesus is seated by the right hand of the Father and that He is exalted. If He was not at the right hand of the Father, if He was not exalted, now wouldn't anybody be able to speak in tongues because the proof of it is that, being filled with the Holy Ghost. Then notice this. It says, Having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, He hath shed forth this, which you now, which you now see and hear. It's burst into the natural realm. For David is not ascended into heaven, uh, but He saith. Himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at thy right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. He's literally talking about the authority that is released. God says, I'm going to use you empowered by the Holy Ghost to take all the foes. Jesus put them under his feet legally. You get to put them under your feet experientially. Amen. By the power of God, the word and the spirit working together. Ooh, I need to do that. I'll do that, Lord. I'll tell you later. For David is not ascended into the heavens. Now notice verse, uh, what is this? 36, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made this same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now notice this. Now when they heard this, they were pricked to the heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now notice this. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. What shall we do? What shall we do? Peter, apostles, you walked with him, you talked with him, you have these words, what do we do? You know what Peter said? You're going to have to get saved. That's what he said right there. He would. Can I help? Listen, I've gotten so many people mad at me for saying this, but nobody's been able to prove me wrong. The doctrine of baptisms. In the book of Acts, we see baptism into the body of Christ, which is the new birth. We see baptism in the Holy Ghost. And we see water baptism. We see all three in the book of Acts. How do you know the difference? It's easy. When it talks about the baptism in the Holy Ghost... It either, it either directly says it or it infers it. I'll show you that in just a minute. When it comes to the new birth, it talks about being baptized into Christ. That's being born again. When it talks about water baptism, guess what? This is a great revelation. It mentions water. Water. I've had people just, no, no. no. It mentions, what, who told you that? God told me that when I asked him. Amen. I kind of felt kind of stupid, you know. The Lord said, when it was water baptism, in Acts chapter 10, they water baptized him. Amen. Philip, when he got, got hold of the, 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 the Ethiopian eunuch, water baptized. Every time it talks about water baptism, it mentions water. <laughs> amen now in the baptism in the Holy Ghost let's talk about it in just a minute we'll close my time is up we see the initial outpouring in Acts chapter 2 and I like this it says they were all it didn't say well you know the apostles were and, and uh, two other real holy guys but everybody else you know no no they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they all spoke with other tongues as the Spirit God God then the next time we see something like that happen actually is in Acts chapter 8 in Acts chapter 8, it talks about Philip. He went down and preached Christ unto him. And the Bible says, many that had palsy, and many that were lame were healed. Notice it didn't say any blind people got healed. Notice that it didn't say any lepers were healed. Which shows us that the gifts of the Spirit of God operate as the Spirit wills, not at man, and not as man wills. Obviously, he had an operation of the gift of the Spirit on the the inside of Him, working in Him and through Him, that touched those that had palsy and those that were lame. Many that were demon-possessed were delivered. Amen? But then the Bible says, when those at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, because many were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they were saved. It says, they sent unto them the apostles that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And by the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given unto all those in Samaria that received the Lord in in Philip's revival that he was having. But then the scripture says this, there was was a, a sorcerer, a warlock, Somebody involved in witchcraft that bewitched the people. And he started hanging around these guys. And he got saved. He got touched by God. But then he offered him money because he saw. It says, when Simon saw. What did he see? What is seen? It is a sense. And what did we just talk about? See and heard. See and heard. What do you think happened in Acts chapter 8 when the apostles went down? Well, they started laying hands on him. They started receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's not said openly, it is inferred. inferred. Then Acts chapter 9, we have another inference. Saul of Tarsus, who was the enemy of the church, the church was praying for him, God interrupted him on his road, on his journey to Damascus, and the Bible says when Ananias laid his hands on him, he was filled with the Spirit. But did you know, he had already been saved. He said, where did he get saved? On the road to Damascus, when he called him Lord. Who art thou, Lord? So he was all he was he was ready. He was a candidate. And when Ananias went into him, laid hands on him, scales fell off his eyes, and he began to speak in other tongues. You say, Well, it doesn't say that. Yes, it does. It infers it. And we know the apostle Paul said, I speak it more, I speak more in tongues than all the rest of you. Then we get to Acts chapter 10, where there's a profound demonstration. A man named Cornelius knew there was something more to God than just an old covenant. And he prayed. He was devout. He sought God. He feared God with all of his house. He was a giver. He was generous. And he prayed, he prayed, he prayed. And he had a visitation, an angelic visitation. And that angelic visitation gave him instruction. He sent for Peter. Peter came, went to his house. And the Bible says, As Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. And we of the circumcision were astonished because we heard them speak in other tongues as we did at the beginning. And then the Bible says, Uh, They said, who can forbid water that these should be? So they were water baptized in Acts chapter 10. Then he came to Acts chapter 19 and he found 12 men that were baptized unto John's baptism, which is not the same as the water baptism that we have today, which is an ordinance of the church. John's baptism was a preparational baptism of repentance, getting them right for Jesus when he would come. Our baptism is a recognition, our, our, our water baptism is a recognition of a grace that has come upon us and it is a demonstration, a physical demonstration of that grace when we are identified in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Amen. But these guys were getting the Holy Ghost. So Paul asked him, he says, well, have you had the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Ghost. He said, then what baptism do you, you know, have you adhered to? He said, unto John's baptism. He said, John truly baptized with water. But, but, but you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says he laid their, his hands upon them, and all 12 of those men were baptized in the Holy Ghost, right then and there, and spoke with other tongues and prophesied. Amen. So we see Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 19. And let me tell you one other thing that might help you. You like the Bible? You like the Bible? You like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, you like all that stuff? It's written by tongue-talking Christians. Every one of them are tongue-talking Holy Ghost Christians. So how could you be against it? When all that revelation was flowing, all that's... But see, what the enemies tried to do, to try to do is, say, well, time has destroyed the power of God, and it's been so long since... Well, see, listen, the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ did not just explode down here on the earth. It exploded in heaven itself in the realm of timelessness. And God has given us this wonderful gift to greatly enhance our spiritual walk. Therefore, i close with this. In tandem with the Word of God. This was told to me years ago as a young preacher. Lee and I, both both of us heard the same thing. If you, if you will take a period of time out of your life and take every day and pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in other tongues for one hour. For one hour. Do it for 30 days. See what happens. Do it for six months. See what happens. Do it for a period of time and see if the eyes of your understanding are not enlightened, that every time you pick up the Bible, you see new revelation. And every time you come to church, you sense more and more the presence of God. Every every time you're involved in something spiritual, you're able to hook in and tap into what's going on. That way, if you have a need, you're able to draw on gifts of God in order to pull those into your life. And then you enjoy such a high level of fellowship with the Father. When was it? The other night. We got into a presence. I tell you, I don't know if I'd ever been into a presence like that. And I talked about, I think it was either Wednesday night or last Sunday. I talked about knowing more than feeling. Where you would know something more than you would feel something. But I never experienced knowing till you felt it. Until Thursday night. We were praying Thursday. There was a good group of us back. That's why you ought to come to these prayer meetings. There's so much you'll discover. We were praying and we'd prayed our usual hour and we'd kind of gotten real quiet before the Lord. And I just mentioned to everybody that was there, I said, how many of you you just know the presence of God here? And that knowing was so strong. You could sense that knowing because you just knew it. There was nothing. They could have come in there with baseball bats and beat us all to a greasy spot. And all those greasy spots would have screamed out, we're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Because I guarantee you, there was a knowing in there that surpassed a natural knowing. It was a supernatural knowing. We knew God was there we knew God was hearing our prayers we knew God he was interacting with us by his spirit and everything that was going listen those kind of experiences they always take and elevate you to another level they enlighten you I love that kind of stuff I live I'm gonna get up in the morning at six o'clock and fly to Tulsa just to pray for two days no meetings none of that just me and three other guys praying in the Holy Ghost for three why would you do that because we know what that produces if you need direction, if you need help, if you need uh, if you need anything, whatever you need, if you will take time and pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in other tongues. Now, this is not scriptural. And I'm very cautious to say or preach anything. You know, every time I do this, I always caution you. This is not scriptural, but I think if you study the Word, you can see an inference in it. As young preachers, we were blessed, young ministers, we were blessed to... To be ministered to by somebody very well, very used, with lots of experience in the things of the spirit uh, and the knowledge of God. Uh, Sister J.R. Goodwin, not a goodwin, we called her. she said this to me, she, and this, she said it like this. This isn't in the Bible, Rusty. So I don't teach this, but I'm going to tell you what I experienced. She said, "If you'll pray in the spirit, an hour, and after that hour, sit quiet for a minute, two minutes, three minutes. just sit quiet. Just sit quiet." said after a few days you'll learn to control your thoughts you'll become aware of a spiritual power that you never were aware of before and you know I did that and I still do that today and I'll pray in the Holy Ghost for an hour sometimes I'll do it sometimes I'll be driving I'll drive to these ranches way down in South south I'll get like two or three hours at a time of praying in the Holy the first hour is so hard you're so distracted you see two deer over there on the road you're trying to drive you're like oh my god second hour you're more focused third hour I mean, I'm like, I've, I literally have been driving my truck and it felt like the earth was moving. My truck was standing still. I thought to myself, my God, what's going on? I had other times when God would slow down everything. Literally, I was driving home from Waco. I had to be in a, I was uh, ending a camp meeting one, one night and then had to be in a meeting here on the Gulf Coast the next day on Thursday morning. So I was driving that night and I was flying through the country right between Grosbeck and I-45, right there, that road that runs right there uh, from Grosbeck to Buffalo. And I'm flying and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And I come from a meeting where I've been preaching and I've been praying from the Holy Ghost, all, praying the Holy Ghost all since, ever since Waco. So that was a good solid hour. And I'm driving and I, everything starts going in slow motion. I thought, going, oh my God, what's going on? And, I'm, and everything just slows down. And I look to my left and these deer start coming over the fence. I mean, I could see it. I'm on a two lane highway, they're right there. And this one buck, he jumps over the fence and his feet land right at the back, right at the front of where my front panel was. And something grabbed him and turned him this way, where his next step was parallel with my car and not into my car. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I looked back to him, and his look in his eyes was like, what just happened to me? And I was like, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Because he would have jumped right in the middle of my car. Amen. But see, that's what God wants you to experience. He wants you to to have those experiences. I could go on and on and on and on about so many things that God has done because we are willing to exercise that gift. And instead of it being an experience. See, that's what it was for me when I was a kid. And I got filled and refilled many times. But it was uh, an experience that I I never followed it into the lifestyle of a Spirit-filled life. And don't, listen, I'll do that, Lord. My time is up. Don't just jump into it and say, well, I'm going to go pray an hour in the Holy... If you're not praying 10 minutes, you're not going to pray an hour. Pray 10 minutes, pray 15 minutes, work it up to 20. When you get to 30, rejoice, and then just go on to an hour, because you can do it. I said you can do it. If you really want to get to the place in your life where you begin to really see the answers of the Word of God come into manifestation, where God can lead. I think sometimes y'all kind of look at me when I say things. You know, I remember talking about when when I met Leah and and, and God began to deal with me about her. And and then I told her we weren't going to, you know, pursue it any further. And I went home to my room and God was in my room. People, could God really have been in that? He was in my room, my God. How did you know? Well, I was praying in the Holy Ghost every day, praying in the Spirit, sensitive to spiritual things. And when I made that decision that night, it was not the will of God and walked into my room where God could get a hold of me. He did not bless me. He corrected me and said to me, I'll never forget how He spoke to me because He didn't say it in kind, tender words. He said this to me, How dare you? That's how He said it. How dare you reject the provision I've worked for years to get into your life? I went, oh, my God. I knew what he was talking about. He was talking about Leah. I said, oh, my God. I mean, I I couldn't even sleep that night. I knew at 9 o'clock she's going to walk into that business. You can ask her at 9 o'clock. That phone rang in her business. And I said, would you like to go to dinner tonight? (laughs) She said yes. Yes. I didn't even make it to the highway, to the railroad tracks on Highway 3 before I asked her to marry me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and her great romantic oh those Cajun, those French women are so romantic. She looked at me with those big, big blue eyes and said, it's about time! <laughs> How'd you meet Leah? Praying to the Holy Ghost. How'd you travel to all those nations? Praying to the Holy Ghost. Have all those meetings, praying in the Holy Ghost, taking what God had given me in baptismal measure and entering into the lifestyle of it. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. And if you'll begin to pray in the Spirit and pray in the Holy Ghost, that which God desires to do in your life personally and in our lives as a church is going to be accomplished because God has given us these wonderful gifts. Remember what we said about gifts if we appreciate them, if we protect them, God will come and enhance them. If we neglect them, He just takes them away. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Father, we thank you for your spirit that abides and your spirit that empowers. For the documentation you gave us in the book of Acts. Five different witnesses. Baptism and the Holy Ghost. The endowment of power. Oh, we thank you, Father. We need it now more than ever. We need it now more than ever. Father, I thank you. I thank you as we teach, as we teach, as we teach. Thank you there's a hunger that's growing, 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 growing in this church. Thank you, Father. It will culminate, culminate in you taking all of the water of revelation of word, filling us to the top with it and then touching it and causing us to come under the influence of your life and spirit. Thank you, Father. Now, let me say this real quick before we bow our heads. The Holy Spirit is that. He's holy. Now, let me say this. If you listen to some people, they preach kind of this, the Spirit of God is so very fragile. He's not fragile. He's holy. There's a difference. Amen. People say, oh, you'll disturb the Spirit. Listen, I know people that have gone into bars and beer joints. There was a a friend of ours that ministers had a man. he He was in the adult industry business and worked as a stripper in a club, and he got saved in a meeting, saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And the night he got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, he went to the club where his wife was dancing. She came off the platform, sat down on a bar stool. He took his finger and said, I met God tonight. Would you like to meet him? And touched her on the forehead and she hit the ground speaking in other tongues. They're both in the ministry. They, both pastor, they, they pastor a church now. I'll tell you, the, 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 the Holy Ghost is not fragile, but he is holy. He is holy. So you have to live a life that's holy. And that's not a legalistic holiness either. You know, where we tell everybody, well, you've got to wear this and you can't wear that. Or you've got No, no. It's amazing how when you cooperate and you allow the fullness of the Spirit through the new birth and the Holy Spirit to just be aware of that, how it's easy to reject sin. It's easy to look away from something. I'm not looking at that. Or to take something. I'm not listening to that. Because there's something holy that's in you and on you. And holiness reproduces holiness in us. I like my Holy Bible. Why? It's a Holy Bible. That means it's sanctified. It's set apart. And there's no unrighteousness. And listen, that's one of the things... Man, I, I need to do that, Lord. I will. I promise you. When it comes to sanctification, we are sanctified. That means what? We are set apart. That means God is dealing with us according... Oh, this is so good. Oh, I hate to do this, but it's still only 1040. Uh, <laughs> Amen. The Spirit of God takes the appetite for that which is unholy out of you through exposure. You say, what do you mean? The more you expose yourself to the Holy Spirit, to spiritual things, the less you have an appetite for that which is unholy. That which is unholy. had a man, I'll close with this, I promise. had a man here in the church after a Sunday service. I was walking through that door right there and headed back toward my office. No, I think my office was over here at that time. I was going, came back through here. Anyway, he stopped me and he said, can I talk to you uh, privately? I said, sure. So I stepped aside where it was kind of out. He said, pastor, I've been coming here for, for, uh, for almost six weeks. And every time I've come up in the prayer line, I'm trying to get delivered from, from marijuana. I'm a pothead and it's just tearing my life apart and I've got to get this and he said I I asked God to take it from me and he hadn't taken it from me I said what would God do with it if he took it from you he don't need your weed I don't know what I said to him but when I said that he said you're right it turned around and walked off I thought what great bit of wisdom (laughs) did this holy pastor impart unto the sheep I thought, I saw him about two weeks later. I hadn't smoked a joint in two weeks. I said in two weeks, yeah, since you gave me that word from God. I said, I gave you a word from God. (laughs) But he heard something in that phrase that sparked his faith. It was supernatural by the Holy Ghost. And although I didn't get it, he got it and was delivered. See, the Holy Ghost can do more in five seconds than any man, any woman on the earth can do. That's why we want Him here. We want Him in us. We want Him on us. We want Him moving. We want Him manifesting. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we worship you. Now remember, every time someone is filled with the Holy Ghost and speaks in other tongues, or every time anybody, if you come to a prayer meeting or you hear us praying in the Spirit, that's what it's saying. Now it's not what it's actually saying, but the intent is He's risen. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. You got any proof, Pastor? Ooh, glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Who has a mess? Somebody's got a message in tongues. Who's got that message? Something's stirring in somebody right now. Hallelujah. See, hands over there. You got one? Go ahead. Give that out. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, don't draw back. Don't pull away, but press in to these spiritual things. For I'm awakening them in my church again, so that they might operate in a fullness never experienced or never seen before. Don't think, well, these things are are too complicated. These things are way too spiritual. My life is in such a... No, 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 no. Yield, yield, yield unto my spirit. Allow my spirit on the inside to motivate your actions and move you as the Word of God informs you. But then allow that spirit that empowers you, allow it to be my demonstrating ability, not only in your life to bless you, but to bless others as I gently guide you and lead you into the paths of many that that are around you, that are hurting and need a touch of my spirit in my hand. Therefore, press in. Press in with all that you have in you, and you shall see not only that will be individually, you will be blessed, but corporately as a church, you shall see Jesus exalted, the Spirit of God move, and many, many souls brought into the kingdom. Because not just a proclamation of my life, my power, my ability, my compassion, and my love. But a demonstration also of all I desire to do in the lives of men and women will be in your midst to the glory of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I'm going to wait till next Sunday and we'll call for people that want to be filled with the Holy Ghost in baptismal measure. You that are watching on the the live stream, if you desire to be filled with the Holy Ghost, we'll pray for you next week. Next week, we want to give you some time. But now I want to say this. If you're really interested in going deeper spiritually, come to that Thursday night prayer meeting come to that Thursday night prayer meeting because God's moving it. Now, I love praying on Sunday mornings. I love praying on Wednesday nights. Something's going on in that Thursday night meeting right now where there is a depth and a strength that's being deposited in us as a church. You you say, well, I can't come every Thursday. Come when you can, but just make a decision to come. You say, "Why?" because there are things going on spiritually. And listen, much that I learned spiritually, I learned through observation. I wanted to be around people who were intercessors and prayed, so I got around them. I wanted to be around men and women that operated and the gifts of the Holy Ghost, so I got around them. Because there's a lot that's taught, but there's also a lot that's caught. Amen? I love going over to Ireland and watching uh, 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 Ryan and Kimberly uh, Penn ministry. I believe they're on live stream now. You can watch them live. He, it looks just like Island Church. He flows in the Holy Ghost, just like, just like here at Island Church. Other places, you say, well, how can he do it? Well, that's where he learned it. That's where he got exposed to it. Amen? I've been in meetings people. Well, you're you're ministering like Brother Hagin. You're ministering like this. No, no. It wasn't them. It's the Spirit of God. You just saw it on Brother Hagin at one time. It gets on somebody else. It may look similar, but it's not similar. And man, do people need this. Oh, man. We get to the end of Acts chapter 2 there. We go to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 4 talks about this being the refreshing. This is the refreshing. This is the refreshing. What is it when people are filled with the Holy Ghost and that fresh refreshing of the Spirit of God sweeps through whole areas and people are touched by the goodness and blessing of God. Amen. Praise God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just for a moment, I believe I recognize everybody, but let's just do this just in case. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not right with God. I'm not living that holy part. I need to be right with God. Would you please pray for me? Anybody like that this morning? Lift your hand up high. We could see it. Anyone at all? Praise God. Good. We trust everybody is is, is right with God and doing right, living right. Amen. Now, let me help you a little bit. About four or five weeks ago, up until about four weeks ago, it seemed like we were having 20 and 30 visitors, a meeting on Sunday mornings. So that began to drop off. So I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, what's going on? You need to help me with what's going on. The Lord spoke to me and says, there's a time, a period of time right now in which I'm cocooning the church and I'm wanting the church to come up to another level as a people. That happens through teaching and through demonstration. So we're getting into this Holy Ghost thing, this spiritual thing right now, because God is wanting to empower every one of you to another level. Another another level of prayer. And I'm going to tell you something about praying in the spirit. It does things for your faith, building up yourself on your most holy faith. There's something about praying in the Spirit that causes your faith to rise to another level. Amen? And we've taken great steps of faith. And we're right now in the process of believing we receive. In that process, you are strengthened, you are empowered by the Holy Ghost as you pray in the Spirit. Some of you may need restoration in your finances, health, marriage, business, at your job, best way to do it's just start praying in the Spirit. Just start praying in the Holy Ghost. Just, I got, we have meetings coming up that we're conducting uh, outside of uh, Island Church. We're praying right now. What do you want us to do? What do you want? Want, want, want a healing meeting? What do you, We're asking the Holy Ghost, asking the Spirit of God. What direction do we need to go to? What nations we were able to go to? To Mexico with with uh, with Keith and Sarah. Uh, right now we're we're looking at going to Ireland. Maybe sometime the first of the summer. I mean, all of these things you've got to know. In this day and hour, you've got to know. You know, when I get on that airplane and go to Europe, I'm not going to be stuck there for two years. You've got to have some faith in God. You've got to hear from the Spirit of God. You've got to know if you get in your car and drive four hours, you're going to be able to come home. He will show you things to come. A lot of people ain't got a clue what's, going to, what's fixing to happen, but if you'll pray in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost will show you what's fixing to happen. And God will keep you protected and blessed and moving in the things of God, progressing forward. Amen. Some of you, I don't know why I'm rambling like this, but I'm not going to stop till the Spirit of God lifts off of me. Some of you have loved ones in your life, sons, daughters, grandsons, aunts, uncles, whatever, that that, that they're living such a terrible lifestyle. You think they'll never be. Yes, they will pray in the Holy Ghost. Go to Romans chapter 8, point it with your finger, say, Heavenly Father, you inspired the Apostle Paul to write this. It says, when I don't know what nor how to pray, that you're going to give me an utterance, which I do not have words in my native language to express, but you're going to give me groanings, you're going to give me yearnings, and you're going to give me words to present my case to my heavenly Father so that my son, my daughter, my loved ones will be broke free from all the garbage that's tried to grab their life. And how do you think my mom and dad got me back? They prayed in the Holy Ghost. I came into my house so many times and there's my mom and dad and my my grandmother and other priests. And they're, oh, Lord, we lift up Rusty. He's going to hell. You've got to help him. You've got to save him. He's going to kill himself and someone else. And they're just praying in the Holy Ghost, praying. Well, here I am, 38 years later. Still serving God. It works, church. And the church is at a place right now. Now, I'm talking about the church universally in which there has to be groups of people that grab hold to this and begin now to pray in the Holy Ghost so God can do what He wants to do in these last days. Because it's only done by permission, not of God. He's already done it. Did you know that? He's already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, which means He's already given us permission for the end time revival. But what we have to do is contend for it and get to the place where that flow and us are at the same level so we can see it. And we're well on our way. I said we're well on our way. I said we're well on our way. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let me pray a prayer and dismiss. The Bible says that one of the signs of the last days is people will not endure sound teaching. So endure it. That means You sit there and make yourself pay attention. Then when you leave, and I run into you on Tuesday and say, man, didn't you like the sermon on Sunday? You go, yeah, it was real good. I say, what was it? You go, it was really good. (laughs) Amen. You ought to remember what you eat. I remember some meals. Oh, my goodness. I like them all. (laughs) Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name today. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for the men and women. We that do life together here at Island Church. Father, that your great hand of protection will be upon us. We declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. We also declare angels, the angels of God. You have charge over us. So we thank you that you bear us up. Bear us up least any accident, tragedy, or calamity try and befall us. We cancel assignments of the devil, his plans and strategies we, we speak against, and we declare because we are in Christ, he is under our feet. We claim the blessing of the tithe. Devour, you are rebuked. You cannot touch our seed, nor what our seed has produced in Jesus' name. Thank you in our travels, the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we're protected. Thank you in the righteous labor of our hands, that which you've given us to do, we're blessed, protected. Businesses are kept blessed, protected, increased by the power and favor of God. And Lord, we thank you that each and every one of us will recognize and realize how important it is to be stirred by your Spirit at all times. So that we might be an answer to the prayers of hurting people, a problem to our adversary, and a miracle in people's lives. Father, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave today walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, powered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you.